Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. And welcome to the HP Podcast, the show about video games from the three most handsome boys you know. I don't know at what point that became the catchphrase we use for every episode, or I use specifically for every episode, but here it is. That's that's it. One of the most handsome boys you know is Dave. Hello, Dave. Welcome. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Right before the show, I think Brandon complimented your shirt, and, and you made this statement. I need to get more clarification on it. You said... I don't like green, but green likes me. I said loves me. And I need to know loves yeah. you. And, and I mean, I think that's true. It's very obvious that green is like fulfilling your, your body, but. <laughs> what I was going for. I <laughs> walked into the store. I walked into Old Navy and I says, the lady, I says, I'm looking for something that will fulfill my body. What have you got? Yeah. And she ran out. Please fulfill my body. Yeah, dude, I I just got a charge when I said that to the lady <laughs> in the old navy store. Also just, with us here is Brandon, the most glorious ginger. You're looking exceptionally ginger today. Yeah, I'm looking exceptionally dark. I got my I got my bedspread and my shirt. I'm like almost blending into it if I get a long sleeve. You're but. blending into your bedspread. Thank you for uh, noticing that I'm a ginger. I'm very proud to be a ginger as always. Mm-hmm. Um, Recently, I've been playing video games with randos, and uh, I've been getting some ginger hate, but it's not getting me down, boys. It never will. It never has. Well, that's not true. It never will again. Uh, (laughs) And uh, go ahead. Not the shit on people who are like blazing red gingers, but you're like you're like the nice color ginger. You know, there's like the the soup. You're pale, but there's super pale, super red gingers. And those I think are the ones that fall into the category of don't have souls. You're in the category of like may or may not have a soul. I'm what's called a day walker. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the best kind. And I was bestowed uh, the crown of most glorious ginger. It it wasn't given to me by myself. It was kind of given to me by you have to get that from Ed Sheeran. A third party. No, no. He's like the the most um, haggard. I don't know. He's all right. He's got a beautiful yeah. voice. Bless him. I'm. I'm not going to be. You're. You're not going to bait me into ginger slander here, Dave. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, ginger on ginger crime has been way up in the past twenty years, and we're not letting it happen again. Yeah, yeah. That's understandable. 
Well, uh, Brandon, speaking of playing video games with randos, we were playing Lethal Company the other night, which we'll talk about more, of course, at the end of the show. But um, we had a rando in with us, and uh, they were playing with their friend, who was supposedly <laughs> their friend. I'm pretty sure they were getting friend-zoned. But, uh, and at one point, she said, is that really your picture? Because it was like my Steam profile picture. Some, some profile picture. I don't know. And I said, yeah. And, and the guy who was there goes, she said she thinks you're cute. And she goes, no, I didn't. I said it, I liked his beard. And I'm like, wait. You're going to say, I didn't say you were cute, and I did say I liked your beard, but not the rest of you? Like, I don't want, I'm not looking for people to call me cute, but you can't just sure. say only the the part of your face that grows on you, not the rest of it. You can't just say that. It was just inappropriate, you know, all around. And it was like about half the face is the beard. So, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit confusing. It's been a truly wonderful experience playing a game like Lethal Company with random people. Um, some of the things I've experienced outside of even playing with you, Ben, has been um, very, very interesting, to say the least. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, Dave, good to see you in your green shirt. Brandon, uh, good to see you here for yet another week. Um, the devil has refrained from taking you away from us. Uh, actually, can, can the today. devil take you if you don't have a soul? The devil waits for me to take him. Wow. That could mean a lot of things. Did I just give away a trade Brandon secret of the genders? Holy shit. Trade secret of the genders. <laughs> well, don't forget, if you want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash hands of phantom. Sign up there for as little as a dollar a month. If you're an audio listener, you get the show a day early with no ads. We appreciate you being there. If you are here with us live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. on Ben is Handsome YT. You can catch us here um, next week. Brief announcement. Uh, next week, the 19th. Is it the 19th? You got it. The yep. 19th. We will not have a show. It'll be the following night, uh, Wednesday, the 20th. Same time, same place. Um, Non-patrons, you'll still get your episode on time. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, got a little, got some Christmas stuff I got to do. So that night. And then uh, if you want to hang out with us, you want to be part of the Discord, you can go over to handsomephantom.com slash Discord. Sign up. Hang out with us there. Talk about video games with nerds. Is that a fair to say? Is it fair to just say, like, generalize everybody uh, in our Discord as a nerd? We prefer to be called gamers, Ben. Gamers. Nerds don't rise up. That's right. Nerds don't rise up. Have you never <laughs> seen Revenge of the Nerds? Dude, n- nerds is a candy. Leave that shit in the 90s. We're gamers, yeah. dude. Gamers rise up. <laughs> Oh, Lord, what is this? All right, boys, let's move into number one. Let's talk about something we talked about a lot before. E3 is dead again. <laughs> oh, E3, and this time, it's a finally, we've had the preface oh, this. No. We've had several, we've had scares. several scares about E3, <laughs> and we've had several thumbnails centered around E3 being dead. This time it's for real. E3, the iconic video game conference held annually in Los Angeles since 1995, although for a few years it was not in Los Angeles, but that's beside the point, has officially come to an end. According to an interview with Stanley Pierre Louis, Louis, the president and CEO of the Entertainment Software Association, or the ESA, in the Washington Post, the cancellation of E3 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the shift to an all-digital format for E3 2021, and the subsequent cancellations of E3 2022, 2023, and 2024 raise speculation about the event's future. Pierre-Louis cited the changing landscape, stating that companies now have various means, including individual showcases, to reach consumers and business relations. The official E3 website and Twitter account confirmed the end with a farewell message. Dave, I want to get your take on this first. Uh, You have been to many trade shows, as we all have, but you never got a chance to go to E3. I want to know how that makes you feel, and how do you feel about the end 
of an era? Uh, it's kind of bittersweet because um, I think my my real interest into uh, the gaming industry came uh, when I was in my kind of early teens, just kind of waiting all year for like that next Metal Gear Solid 3 trailer to drop. And it usually came in and around E3. Um, and then all the other cool stuff that would come around E3, like, uh, you know, console announcements and stuff. And I was just glued to my computer and, uh, I'm not afraid of ashamed to say at this point, IGN and, and game trailers.com and stuff like that. Just watching like all the cool stuff that was coming out of E3 and, um, I will never have an opportunity to go, unfortunately, but that's okay because, I mean, I think the kind of e- what E3 turned into was not really what, you know, it's it's kind of never meet your heroes kind of thing. So, yeah, and I mean, as you mentioned, Ben, we've talked about this at length because it's been, I'll be honest, when I saw the news today, I on, my first reaction was I thought it was already dead. <laughs> but it, we yeah. kept getting that thing where it's like, you know, E3 is going to be delivered in a different format and it was this really vague but like, overly confident answer to what's going to happen to E3 going forward. So, um, you know, it's sad, it's bittersweet, but it's probably, it's probably way overdue. Um, you know, as again, we've talked about this a lot and, and I, I do kind of want to go back to what, what killed E3. And I know it would be a number of things, but is it, COVID obviously was a big thing, but I I think even kind of going a little bit further, it was, there just seemed to be a lack of focus from E3 and, and it didn't really seem to know what it wanted to be. And I think just like anything, if you want to survive, you have to evolve. And uh, E3 never really evolved. It's, 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 there's, there's so many different ways for, uh, you know, the console makers and big publishers to go direct to consumers now and, you know, you don't need a big trade show anymore. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's not an expense that I think these big publishers and, and console makers are willing to kind of put out there. Like, why do I need to take, you know, a hundred employees and, and however many hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of like trade show equipment when I can just put a video on YouTube and, you know, maybe tweet about it the day before. And that's where all the hype come from. So the industry and, and the landscape and sort of the delivery methods have really, really changed. And I guess that's probably what killed E3, but I don't think it can be stated enough that um, E3 also kind of lost sight of itself quite a bit too. So rest in peace, but you know, the industry and, and gamers and it's time to move on, I guess. Brandon, I know there were a few years where I got to go to E3 that you really wanted to go and you just couldn't make it work. Uh, how do you feel now, idiot? Uh, I was literally just talking about this at dinner is that I'm so disappointed now that it's officially gone. You know, uh, I had hoped one day to at least make it to a single one. Um, and I guess I kind of vicariously lived through you and Dustin when you guys went. I got to see how cool that was. And that's about as close as it gets, um, at least for me now anyway. So, um it's a sad thing. I think that Dave's exactly right. I think the internet in some ways killed E3. Um, it's not really needed to have an in-person thing to give you what E3 gives you. And I kind of, to be honest with you, I mean, whenever they shift from um, industry people to consumers, that kind of, it kind of made me think twice about the whole show. I, you know, not that it, whether it was good or bad is one thing, but I kind of thought, oh, this must mean they're not doing well. Because that's not really what the point was the entire time, um, especially way back in the day. 
Um, but yeah, they just don't need a physical show like this anymore. And guys like Nintendo, guys like Sony and Microsoft, they're like, why are we diluting our message through somebody else? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's surprising to me. And I guess, you know, you might say maybe E3 has the platform, but now all these people, they have their own platform enough. They don't even need to go through somebody else. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm mourning the loss of never having went, um, but I'm hopeful that other shows are still existing. Um, and we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think those are going to continue to adapt. Um, like the Game Awards is obviously big. We'll talk about that a little later. Would love to go back to that at some point. Would love to go back to PAX. But um, how long those will be around? It's hard to say. But yeah, one of the giants fell. Um, and it was on life support for a long time. We've talked about it a bunch. But um we're saying our goodbyes now that's for sure so yeah i got to i agree with pretty much everything you guys have said as far as the reasons and everything but i just wanted to wax poetic a little bit about my time at e3 i got invited to e3 back in 2010 with a different outlet that i had at the time and we couldn't go for whatever reason and i was gutted because i thought like i've i've wanted to go to e3 literally my entire life remember watching press conferences um on vhs tapes like days after, you know, we or weeks or months after they would they would release, and uh, I'm talking like early '90s, uh, late '90s, and then obviously watching the uh, the streams and everything later on, and then when we got the invite, I, I just couldn't go, and I thought, what, what's going to happen? And then eventually, I think it was either I went two or three years. I think I went in 2018 and 2019. I can't remember if I went in 2017. I don't think I did. Either way, 2018 was great. It was magical. It felt like everything. But that's when they started letting in more and more um, of the consumer folks. And uh, that was fine um, for me because I had an industry pass and I got to, you know, make appointments and go and do <laughs> stuff. And like, I was like, whatever. And then even in just that one year from 2018 to 2019, there was a dramatic difference there was like a huge, incredible, dramatic difference in the attitude and the size of the place. And part of that had to do with the fact that Sony pulled out. Um, Sony pulled out in 2019 and said they didn't need to do it. And then there's just this giant, it wasn't even like there was able to be filled, just this giant gap in the show floor. And it definitely felt like there were less people there and there were less people there. And I remember saying, I don't know what's going on, but it just doesn't feel the same as last year. Like it was still fun. We still had a good time. We did lots of coverage. We put out, you know, hundreds of articles, not hundreds, dozens of articles and stuff. Um, but yeah. And then of course the subsequent years, you know, ETH, I, I, part of me wonders, yes, all this other stuff that we've talked about has definitely been an issue in getting rid of E3 and being done with E3 and outgrowing it as an industry. But I really wonder if pretend, pretend COVID and all that stuff hadn't happened. Wouldn't that be nice, right? Let's just pretend that year didn't happen. That, that didn't derail it. Would it have still died out slowly after Sony left? I think it would have. I think other yeah. people would have stopped going as well. Yeah. So it was just kind of like a another push in that yeah. direction. I think having to make everything digital kind of <laughs> opened the eyes of people who maybe wouldn't have thought that previously, to be honest with you. And I don't I don't have independent verification on this, but I know that I've been told by people who work at Sony that like a spot the size Sony would have was like a million dollars just for the spot. That's God. not including all their setup stuff, not including bringing all the staff, not including hiring actors to run around and cosplay, not, inclu like, not including anything just to reserve a spot 
and have right. their name on the sponsoring stuff. And they're already members of the ESA who, you know, their main goal is to advocate for the games industry. So really interesting stuff for sure. Let's take a few comments here. Uh, Ed says Nintendo killed E3. I don't know about all that, Ed, but it's definitely. Maybe definitely he's saying the, the directs, the directs, but the directs were around before E3, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Annie says PAX is amazing. I mean, Al fell this year, and that's so unfortunate. Uh, I assume you mean Overwatch League. Yes, I would, I would imagine. Um, PAX is amazing. We used to go every year. Uh, we haven't gone. 2020 was Since the last 2020. year. We, we got yeah. back, and the world shut down, and then we haven't been back. Um, maybe, boys, maybe it's time. Oh, actually, I can't this year. <laughs> I'll talk about that later. I'll tell you guys about that later. <laughs> Crap. I just, I just had like an emotional upswing and then immediate down. Immediate down. Uh, the funding just doesn't seem to be around for these things. I think that's true. I wonder if the if it's a matter of the funding isn't there, or if it's that they could be spending the money on executive bonuses instead, because people seem to be still making more money every year. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Alex says it's E three over. Um, I mean that's true, but that doesn't. That's not a very good job, Alex. Appreciate it. Uh, Ed says COVID accelerated its death. We'd probably be talking about E3 in the same way. We'd talk about games with gold if COVID didn't happen. Uh, no, because games with gold was always garbage and E3 was good at one point, but yes, the COVID did accelerate its death. Uh, everyone else copying Nintendo killed E3. Uh, there's no punctuation there, Derek, but yes, I'm just roasting people who are like, people are like, <laughs> Hey guys, we're really happy to be here. Let's no, participate in, in the, in the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, check your grammar, idiot. Um, dude <laughs> nintendo proved e3 wasn't needed with their directs yes absolutely that is that is absolutely true so farewell to e3 we appreciate you and all you did um i did mention it was i think it went one year they tried to have it in like atlanta or something. so can i ask a question for you guys 2023 yeah. question sure uh with what we have today um i'm thinking of the game awards which just happened last week summer games fest Nintendo directs all through the year. PlayStation has their own shows. What's your favorite regularly occurring show? PAX, obviously. My favorite yeah. current one? Still running, but still alive. Well, PAX, I really like PAX, but I only like PAX if I'm there. It doesn't do anything for me if I'm not. Uh, it's just announcements that I read online. But I'd say... I We're going to talk about the Game Awards later but I'll get into it a little bit now. I really like the yeah. Game Awards, even with all its problems, because it's just concise. It's, this is it. This is the whole event. Summer Games Fest is like, I got to get a new Palm Pilot to track my calendar, <laughs> you know, every year. Our Blackberry <laughs> <Got it>. <laughs> <laughs> My Blackberry is just working overtime, clickety-clacking. Who are um, you, Barack Obama? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, what about, what about you? I, I think the Game Awards is my favorite. Yeah, I'd say probably the Game Awards too. I'm... I'm going to be interested to talk a little bit more about it later, but um, I think the Game Awards, Jeff has done wonderful things with it, good or bad, um, in the recent years. And I think that's still probably my top one. PAX, if I'm there, exactly what Ben said. But aside from that, um, yeah, and I mean, Sony does a good job too. Yeah. Sony does a good job. It's just, you can't really look forward to it because it's so sporadic, it seems like. Right. In every Nintendo Direct, everyone's so hyped for something that they know is going to come out and then it never does. So. Yeah. 
Dave, what about you? You asked. Yeah, I, I'd have to go with Summer Games Fest just because I like that it's it's a number of big drops spread over a few days. I know it's like a week or something, but most of the big stuff comes, you know, in the first couple of days. So I like that. I like that it's kind of a sustained high. Uh, I really enjoy the Game Awards. Same thing about Nintendo Directs as you guys, where it's like it's usually not that great, but yeah, I kind of like that that little that little you know sustained hype around the summer games fest so yeah and to be honest with you now that we're saying it out loud it it is a little bit more fun to have all of this shit peppered throughout like i kind of do like the format a little bit better imagine a world where everything still gets announced at e3 like that's great Mm -hmm. but like i'm gonna be at work for some of that right yeah (laughs) and so like to have this shit kind of be all over the place and maybe i'll actually get to watch some of it live is really nice um especially for people all over the world so i wanted to mention a couple other things real quickly in this hopefully well hopefully and not hopefully last send off to e3 um one is that as consumers e3 going away we're kind of like well whatever we were just at home watching stuff on our tv now we're going to be doing the same thing so it's like, okay, but I think as industry people, and I'm not even talking like my level necessarily, I'm talking like people who are in the industry. I feel like E3 was such a great place to make connections and right, right. meet people and stuff like that. And there aren't many events around anymore. You know, most everything um, is online now and that's good in some ways and bad in others, obviously. But I think that's one p- big piece that we're, you know, we don't talk about enough is that some of those connections, some of those game ideas that came together on a napkin at E3, we've heard many of those stories over the years, you know, a, a game, one of the defining games of our generation came together, you know, or whatever. And then also there's the little, you know, the thing that we all know about E3 is the press conferences. That's the things we get to see. The show floor is amazing, but the press conferences are great. Not being able to go to those press conferences ever again kind of sucks because they were awesome. And the Bethesda party yeah. every year ruled, but it was cool. Um, there's little back rooms in E3 that aren't on the show floor where they would do like private meetings and they would show you all the new accessories. You know, PDP would have their whole new line of switch cases and everything like that. And I know that the way that stores, you know, chains order things now are not the same as they used to be. Um, But I do feel like being able to go and see those things ahead of time and see stuff like new controllers that were coming out before the general public, like that was pretty cool. So from an industry side, I definitely think there's a lot more to be missed than from a consumer side. From a consumer side, yeah, we'll get along, we'll be fine, but it's still, you're right. Like the 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 sustained hype, I think, is what Dave said. Um, of that being gone, kind of kind of sucks. But yeah, and I I mean to kind of echo what you said, Ben. Some of the stuff you were talking about, we get a little bit at PAX, sure. but I feel like it probably wasn't anything close to what E3 was able to offer. So yeah, I think it's just that there's more big names and and more opportunities at E3 sure. for those kind yeah, of absolutely. stuff. All right. Goodbye, E3. We'll talk about you never. Number two. Let me pull up the thing here. Fantastic Studio, the developer of the day before, has announced its closure shortly after the game's early access launch. The statement on Twitter mentions the financial failure of the day before, leading to the studio's closure. The future of the day before and prop night is uncertain, but the servers will continue to operate. The game has been removed from Steam. Fantastic emphasizes that it did not take money from the public during development with no pre-orders or crowdfunding campaigns. The publisher, Maytona, expressed regret that the game did not meet player expectations and is working with Steam to facilitate refunds for players who choose them. The day before, faced criticism for bugs, server issues, and for not aligning with its initial open-world MMO concept. And to add on to that, 
basically not aligning with anything they said about the game. Do either of you feel particularly passionate about this topic? I want to kick us off. Dave, you look you look like you're just <laughs> yearning to speak there. And your mic is cut out. Not sure. Maybe, maybe no, no, no. Sorry, my daughter was crying upstairs, so I, I preemptively muted. Did you ask her to stop? I, yeah. So <laughs> Ben asked, "Can you please?" Um, yeah. So what I was saying when I was muting is uh, muted. Um, I, I found this story fascinating. Um, I was uh, somewhat aware of this game, and I was aware that there is there was some hype around it. I don't know why, but. People seem to be interested, um, and I think it was even featured in like an NVIDIA GeForce ad. So I mean, yeah. this, that's you don't put an insignificant game in in an ad like that ahead of its launch. So it's yeah, and and I uh, one of my favorite streamers, King Gathalian, he he was streaming it on Monday or Friday whenever it came out, and uh, he was again, another person who was really kind of anticipating this game and really hoping because something stunk about it. Something really was off about it. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it just came out and it shouldn't have. And there's a lot of questions. The first thing that came to my mind when this, this all this news broke that the, the publisher was shutting down or the, the developer was, I thought of our good friend, uh, Hassan Karaman at blue box. Um, if you have, I know there's a lot of people in our in our audience that um, watch Colin Moriarty's stuff. Uh, if if you have not watched his interview with Hassan Karaman from Blue Box Studios and that whole shit, it is fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating watch somebody uh, attempt to lie so poorly about what they're doing and how they don't know what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. Getting back to the game. Um, it it appears like it was just a whole bunch of Unreal Engine 5 asset flips. Um, a lot of the promotional materials that were put out there were, you know, if you hold them up side by side with a number of other pieces from The Division or The Last of Us or even um, the I Am Legend, uh, there seemed to be a lot of plagiarism. And I, I'm... I'm just wondering what happened here. And it, it really looked like a scam. But now that this news has come out that they're giving all the money back, uh, I think it was $30 to get into the game on early access Canadian. Um, like, I, I don't know what happened. Like how, how could you kind of fail and like pull the plug on something so quickly? So I don't know. It's just, it's fascinating. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how the story plays out. Cause it's, it's, it's interesting. And I, I hope this is a signal to the rest of the industry that like this dangerous trend we're seeing of just putting out dog shit and thinking that, you know, Twitch and Twitter is going to pick up on it and people will buy it. I, I just hope people kind of take this as a warning that, you know, you will be caught for, for bullshit like this. So yeah, very, very fascinating story that we're seeing unfold here. Brandon, I think the first sign of trouble was that their name fantastic. Uh, was it spelled incorrectly? <laughs> uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, this is Dave kind of said it. This is a very interesting story. Um, I saw something on Twitter that said, supposedly this is a leaked document from um, Fantastic's CS, uh, CEO that they had roughly 201,000 buyers and 91,000 uh, 91, of them had refunded the game up until the point of this message getting leaked. So that's, if that kind of gives you any <laughs> mark of the quality of the game, that's it right there. Um, but yeah, just a classic pump and dump, boys. You 
you usually don't see something to this caliber, not on like a scale like this. And, you know, from everything I've seen, it's just like the writing was kind of on the wall and how we are so brain dead as consumers and as gamers is kind of mesmerizing. Um, and thankfully, there are measures in place um, to be able to refund games like this. So I guess uh, I'm grateful for that, at least. But yeah, it's just you hate to see it, really. Um, you you really do. And that and moreover, I guess, on on the Twitter, I don't know if you guys saw someone from the uh, official Twitter tweeted. Somebody said something the like Twitter. the the, the, the Walmarts. We gotta get oh, the, the Twitter. Uh, they, <laughs> Sorry, I refuse to call it that. Um, but uh, <laughs> someone said something about the game coming out in a broken state or something, and they're like, "Oh, well, it was our first game. Sh- shit happens." Essentially, is what they said. And it's like, not like this, my man. You know, like not like this. This is unprecedented um, and just just bad just really bad for everybody mostly consumers i don't really feel so bad for anybody else involved with the game um, because they had to have known what was going on and why there wasn't some sort of um, outcry prior i'm sure somebody could have went to jason trier six months ago and said hey this is clearly ass and we're going to be doing this and you know maybe they would have saved some face but uh, if they could have been anonymous but yeah this is a very strange thing indeed and we don't see something this bad very often so it kind of got me thinking and some of the warning signs we had seen ahead of time. Uh, not that we were on this show, at least we weren't calling them out or anything, but I remember seeing stuff and being like, I don't know. But you talk about people going to people going like to, to squeal on it or leaking it or whatever. And it, it gives me the impression that since no one did, and if you look at any footage of this game, it is clearly just a, a mess. It's not a game. It's just a mess. And it, it makes me kind of think like, okay, everybody who was working on this was just in on it. Like they all were in it for the cash grab. They intentionally hyped it up for five years or however long it was not, not five years, but they said they worked on it for five years. They intentionally hyped it up for a couple years and they intentionally lied about it for however long. And then when it came out and was a disaster, they grabbed the money that they're going to get and ran. And, And if there was like one person there who was trying to, in good faith, make a good game. You can just imagine that right up until the end, they were like, what are we, what are we doing here? So I don't know, Brandon, you were, you looked like you were to say something else there. No, I was just looking up to see how many employees they had. Cause I was just curious. LinkedIn seems to think between 51 and 200, which is, is it American studios? But, uh, I thought I just saw, unless I was looking at the wrong company that maybe they're based out of Singapore. Okay. Um, but Annie says it's an extraction shooter. There's the train, in case anybody was curious. Oh, we know. They added they added the train to Fortnite and Ben's <laughs> house this season. <laughs> yeah, truly strange indeed, yeah. boys. Yeah, Singapore. Singapore. Hmm. What other game is coming out from Singapore that? Okay, we sorry, we have to trust? talk about that at the end. If you just you reminded me, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's good. That's a good point. Okay, a couple chats. Annie seems to be very upset about the day before. If this is the Annie, I think it is. They really like zombies. Um, well, first of all, Ed says, "Dave, just have your daughter watch the show like mine is." If I knew that, I wouldn't have sworn as much as I did earlier. So, yeah. you don't know Ed that well, and I don't really know. I mean, I I know Ed decently. Uh, he doesn't okay. care. So. Okay, good to know. 
for a zombie MMO, it was very much not a zombie MMO. Another response, well, if people play it now, it was created by a dead developer, which means it's literally a zombie MMO. Uh, Derek says, this day before mess is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Such an obvious scam. Absolutely. Uh, and he says it's an extraction shooter through and through. Um, this was supposed to be revolutionary, and it literally wasn't. They stole $12 million and dipped. Um, Derek says... Developers changing their name now, too, and have wiped their Discord website. CEO deleted his Twitter. Crazy. That is crazy. And if if you ever had any uh, thoughts about it beforehand, that it wasn't a scam. I suppose the two options are this with all the stuff that's come out after the fact and the, the fact that they're wiping everything. It was a scam from the get go and they meant for it to be a scam or they're terrified that they scammed people. And they need to get away. They're trying to get away so they don't get doxxed and, and beat up in the street. Those are really the only, the only options. Also, Ed Dave says, uh, D- Dave, Ed says, curse more, actually, for Dave. his daughter to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's sound advice or not, but you can take it as you will. RIP, Dave. fantastic, and E3. We- Yes. Um, one of them, I, I will lay more flowers at their grave than the other, I suppose. Dave, there was something you said you wanted to talk about later. Was it Skull and yeah. Bones? This is, not oh. on the, this is not on my docket. So well, we no, no, no. It's, it, yeah. it kind of came out at, at Game Awards, so I didn't have it in my Game oh, Awards okay, list yeah. to talk about, but I, it, it's related okay. to something else, so we'll, we'll bring it up at the end. Cool. Tonight is just the show where we talk about things we've talked about before, apparently. Um <laughs> Epic Games, number three, (laughs) has emerged victorious in its antitrust lawsuit against Google. The jury found that Google operated both the Google Play App Store and Google Play billing service as an illegal monopoly. Epic Games initially sued both Apple and Google three years ago over their practices within their app stores. The verdict is seen as a win for app developers and consumers. Globally, Epic Games argued that Google's app store practices were illegal, involving extracting high fees, uh, stifling competition, and inhibiting innovation. The court's work on remedies is expected to begin in January, and Google is is likely to appeal the decision. Brandon, you asked me about this right before the show started. We talked yeah. a lot about uh, good old Epic and and then Tim Apple fighting it out. Sure, uh, Tim Apple over there at Apple uh, fighting it out, and now they they lost that case. Epic lost that case, I believe. Yeah, and now they've won against Google. Presumably, this uh, if as long as this doesn't get overturned in an appeal it will be ammunition to go back and appeal the Apple um, case. I don't know how law works, so maybe there's some time limit they had to do it within. I don't know, but this probably means pretty gigantic things for the industry and honestly, a potentially a giant revenue decrease for Apple and Google in these areas, at least. Yeah, I was literally just thinking the same thing. I mean, we talked a lot about it when it was going on with Apple, and I do think this will give them grounds to stand on. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that kind of kick back up after this. But um, yeah, I mean, I think this is an overall win for the consumer. I think that Epic um, 
I've said it before, it's kind of awesome that they're taking on these Giants, and I really was not expecting them to win after after the last one, but um, maybe it'll be more accessible now for people to spend outside of these platforms, regardless of whether it's Epic or not. So like I said, this is wholly a win for Epic and the consumer. I mean, Epic's getting what they wanted, no doubt, um, but this will mean that other companies in the future will allow you to buy directly from them instead of through the store, which I think is good i mean i shouldn't have to buy through you to get something um and yeah this is a win-win-win as far as i'm concerned and i would love for them to go through and take out apple as well because if anybody can use less money it's google and apple i don't know maybe epic doesn't need to get any bigger either but i don't know they're not quite as big as google or apple yet so dave what are your thoughts on this uh kind of record-breaking world world ending yeah, I mean, this is going to have um, long-reaching kind of effects for years to come on on the mobile mobile industry. And, you know, we talked about this about a month ago. And I think at the time, I kind of groaned a little bit at Epic. Like, you know, they're just trying to pick a fight with, with Google again. Um, and I got hung up on the Monopoly part a little bit because it, it didn't make sense to me then. And the, the I, I think Google is clearly in the wrong here because taking 30% of all in-app purchases uh, is just, it's, it's, it's not reasonable. So, um, you know, I think Epic's, Epic's move to have all of their purchases for Fortnite from the Google Play Store in the app so they could circumvent that was one smart. I think it was well-intentioned because they wanted to offer in-app purchases a little bit cheaper than going through Google. But I also think it was a shot at them and it's, it's, it's a fight they've ultimately won. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I've kind of shifted somewhat, and I, I'm on Epic's side here. I think they're fighting a pretty good fight, and I think they have the the power and the resources to go toe to toe with 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 Google and Apple than they have. And I think this is hopefully going to make for a better storefront or storefronts for you know some smaller developers uh, who probably wouldn't have had the resources to kind of stand up to Google like this. So good for Epic. I think um, what this is going to mean is, is Google's going to have to find another way or just kind of survive off the money that they're making through their app store, um, you know, just from, from, from other sources. And ultimately this is going to mean that uh, smaller developers are going to have more of an opportunity to make uh, money on their apps um, you know, within their actual in-app purchases. So it'll be interesting to see how this actually progresses. Google, I believe, has says they are going to appeal uh, and this could go towards Supreme Court. So this definitely isn't over yet, but um, it certainly looks like there's 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 going to be some changes on this front. So yeah, good for Epic. I'm curious what it means long-term because I would imagine that Apple and Google have both built in, you know, measures to prevent third-party uh, app stores or purchases or whatever from being available on them. So are they going to have to remove that and allow you to go to Epic's website and download their launcher or whatever, uh, whatever the case is, or to be able to circumvent using the app store? I mean, on Google's own app store, if you choose to list a product with Google through their app store and they choose to charge a price, then... That's commerce. That's just how it works. But the fact that you can't make any purchases, at least on a stock Apple or Android phone, um, without going through those app stores, then they're gonna. I guess they're gonna. They're gonna have to make some some things in there for people to be able to to do that. So 
it's surprising to me that when you buy something on like Amazon that they're not getting, I mean, Amazon's so huge. They probably could get away with making their own phone if they wanted to, but it's surprising to me that like when I'm using my iPhone to buy something on Amazon, that Apple doesn't get a cut of that, uh, but they don't somehow. So it'll be really interesting to see how things work uh, in the future and to see all the different stores popping up. I'm sure there will still be plenty of either small developers or developers who don't have the resources to, uh, or as Dave would say, resources uh, to uh, <laughs> uh, to make their own app store or make their own in-app purchases or whatever. And they're just content to to go through uh, Apple and Google. I'm sure that will still be the case, but yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Will we see another loophole? Like, will this just force them to constrict more in a different way? I would say if anything, so yes, potentially. But I think that another thing is I, I think that they sell their phones cheaper than they could otherwise because they know they're probably going to make money on the app store. Kind of like we used to see with consoles where they would sell consoles at a loss knowing you were going to buy games and controllers and headsets and whatever else. And they're getting a, a percentage of all that. So uh, th- they're going to keep, they're going to make their money one way or another, but it's definitely going to cause some, some disruption, I think is the best way to phrase it. For sure. Yeah. Interesting to see. Dave, I can't, can't even fathom how good you look at that green, man. Thanks. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, Patrick, it's, it's upsetting me. It's upsetting me how good you look. Stop it. All right. Number four. And this one is kind of loosey-goosey here. I just wrote the Game Awards highlights. The Game Awards discussion highlights. And I guess uh, in the in the show, it's called the Game Awards reactions. But boys, I just wanted to talk about the Game Awards in general first. And then each of us can break down a couple of things we may have seen that we liked or didn't like or whatever. So uh, Dave, we'll let you go first here. Talk to me about the Game Awards, your general impressions, the awards, the announcements, etc. Yeah, um bit boring this year for me um i mean i saw i'm I'm about to talk about plenty of games that i i saw that uh i either didn't know about before um or i did and i've just seen more and i'm i'm kind of intrigued by them but you know i guess i kind of went in hoping for a few things and i didn't see them um there were not sort of the the groundbreaking kind of I'm so pumped for 2024 now things that I was hoping for. There were some big announcements, but there are things I don't care about. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't really care about the awards anymore. I don't know that I ever did. I did check the list the next day. Uh, I really think they need to stop the musical acts cause they're really weird and kind of boring. Uh, I don't know what they would fill that with, but, yeah, I think overall it was kind of a little underwhelming for me. Yeah. Brandon, what about you? Yeah, no, I, you know, we've been watching the Game Awards for a long time now, and we've even went to a couple shows, so I feel like that gives us a little bit of a unique perspective. But um, this year was definitely full of stuff, um, but I will agree with Dave generally. It was kind of mostly boring. Um, and to answer your question, Dave, if they got rid of the musical acts, what they could do is just make the show shorter um, because I don't know. It was just like droning on at some point. Um, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of cool stuff. I do actually care about the awards. Um, I'm not one of those like purists. I think they mean everything. I think it's obviously still very biased in a lot of ways, like the Oscars or anything else is. Um, and good games got snubbed uh, like Hogwarts. And so that kind of makes me lose respect for it in general. But even so, this is the biggest thing we have in games and it's a really good invent 
generally. Um, but yeah, just some really strange choices, I guess. Um, there's been a lot of discourse on the internet lately about the speeches and the amount of time spent on everything but the people winning. So it definitely feels like in the coming years, it's kind of become way more of an event show and way less of an award show, um, which I guess is fine. Um, but it's called the Game Awards, not the games um, or, you know, something like that. So I don't know. Uh, I just feel like this is the biggest That's thing we catchy. have. I'm going to write that down to send to Jeff. <laughs> the right. Games. Change the name to the games. Okay. Got it. But um, yeah, you can keep that one, Ben. Yeah. Uh, sure. But yeah, I don't know. It's just because this is the biggest thing we do have and the most prestigious thing we do have of this nature. And I feel like it is generally important to put these awards out there and it, you know, means a lot to these developers. I feel like that's the part that should have shined a little bit more. And every year it seems like it keeps going further and further to the back. Um, and that's kind of upsetting when these people have worked really hard. Maybe it's the heads of the studio. Maybe they just were the number guy who knows. Um, but even so, it's like that was their time to shine, and I feel like they kept getting cut off this year um, for people dancing on stage. So that was a little weird. I'll agree with that off the top. But overall, a fine show, just kind of boring in, in, in uh, most sections for me. So, Yeah, I'm, I think I'm mostly on track with you guys, except that even when it's kind of boring, I still like it because it's something that it's for us. You know, uh, the gamers are rising up, really, if you think sure. about it. Uh, as some might say. So I, I do enjoy it. I still enjoyed it, even though there wasn't a lot for me there, just because I like I like the pomp and circumstance of it. Um, I agree that the developers getting cut short, the awards, some of the awards, you know, getting relegated, like they always do and like they do in the Oscars and every other award show, you know, they do five at one time and in 30 seconds and then move on. Um, I think that sucks, especially for smaller studios. Even if there's nobody there to accept it, give them a moment. Um, get a prepared speech or something that's you know piped in over video, whatever. Um, I think that's totally fine, but I wish there were more of that. I would disagree. I like the entertainment. I like the the celebration through the music and through the the little mini concerts and the musical numbers. Um, I don't like that those come at the expense of other things, such as acceptance awards, acceptance of awards and stuff like that. Um, I think if anything's going to get cut then it should be cutting the announcements down to shorter times. Um, but with that said, I know that the announcements and the sponsorships and the advertisements and the world premieres, those are the things that bring in the viewers and therefore bring in the money. So it, it is a fine line. And, you know, I know it's not just Jeff working on it, but I'm sure that's an immense amount of pressure on, on Jeff and people like him who are working on the show that, they have to strike that balance and get it figured out exactly. So it's certainly not perfect. It is the best thing we have. Um, the biggest thing we have, I mean, we have the Dice Awards and we have other award shows that are respected um, more so than than the actual uh, Game Awards, but there's none that are quite as big or glamorous. What do you guys think about... I know a lot of people are upset about this. What do you think about uh, them, them bringing in big stars like, um, you know, Timothy Ch Chalamet or... Um, the Captain America guy, or uh, sure. you know what, Matthew McConaughey. What what do you think about that as opposed to anything else? Uh honestly, I feel like un unfortunately not for me, but I feel like it continues to provide validity 
to the experience for people that otherwise wouldn't be interested in the game awards so even though it's not something that would draw me in i'm interested in the source material i think that that kind of um kind of flexes the chops of the game awards and you know gets people talking about it even if you're not interested in games it's like oh you know that new wonka movie this guy you know tim's here and mcconaughey's here the absolute legend um and uh, jordan peele's here so i don't know i don't think that it's necessarily for the people that are mostly interested in the games i feel like it just ups the cred of the whole event um for better or worse but i like the fact that um well the the last year we went i think it was last year we went to the game awards um zachary levi was there who played who was in who played chuck and chuck and who has since been in, you know, Shazam and in a Thor movie or two. I can't, I can't remember everything he's been in because most of them have been less than stellar. But I like him a lot. Like a douche. I love him. Shazam was. <laughs> I do, but the, but the thing about um, the thing about him is, it's like, okay, well, this is a you know a a big time celebrity, and he's uh he's actually into games he is into nerd culture if you will allow me to use a phrase and people like timothy chalamet who may be whatever he is now and a a big movie star and dating one of the kardashians or something i don't i don't even know what's up with him but like he used to mod 360 controllers and had a youtube channel in early days of youtube like stuff like that when you feel like the people are part of the crowd is cool to me even matthew mcconaughey i feel like yeah he's one of us even if he's not, I think I it was know. relevant though, because I mean, McConaughey was there for a game that he was for in and yeah. Anthony Mackey was there to announce season two of twisted metal. So as long right. as there, there's a reason for them to be there, then I think, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Henry Cavill's ever been there, but like take that down as a note Dude, for 2024. Be. Cause that guy should be at the game awards. Yeah, absolutely. Who was it? Who was there last year? Uh, Al Pacino. I'm like, this guy's oh, never even dude. a video game. <laughs> He's like, what? What is a video game? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little bit off. But no, I I like having them there. I think it. I will say this: if having these big name stars is adding to the budget that makes the core audience adding to the budget, which then necessitates more ads and more stuff that we don't care about, is adding to the you know taking away from the the people it's meant for his experience. Then I don't know if you removed them, would it even out? Maybe not. Maybe it would. I don't know. Sort of like a but... Callisto Protocol situation. Like, is it dragging down the yeah. the overall experience just to squeeze in some star power? Is, is it really worth it? But Right. Yeah. And it, I mean, I'm sure there's some actuary who could figure it out, but it's not me. But yeah, I, I like having those names there. Like you said, it does add validity. But at the same time, you're like, okay, well, what's the focus here? Uh, I don't know. Dave, start out with you. I know you had a couple you wanted to talk about. What's a, what's a game or announcement or whatever that you were excited about? We're not even really talking about the awards necessarily, just the announcements, because that's what we were all there for. Anyway. Um, I'll kick it off with a big one, uh, Monster Hunter Wilds. Um, so okay. I'll start with I, a little bit disappointed. Next year is the 20th anniversary of Monster Hunter, and I really thought that we were going to get Monster Hunter um, 
six, I guess this is next year, but obviously at the end of the monster hunter wilds announcement trailer, we're actually getting into 2025. So hopefully Capcom has some cool stuff planned for next year in, in the, in this big anniversary for a really, really good series that I've only recently gotten into, but yeah, monster hunter wilds looks really cool. I watched the trailer a few times and then I watched a reaction to see all of the things I missed. It looks like we're getting a lot of really cool stuff including um, areas that are more densely packed with small and large monsters. Uh, there seems to be some sort of like weather system that actually evolves the world as you're playing through it. Um, some Eagle Eye viewers also found that the mount that you were on actually had a second um, main weapon in it. So there may be opportunity there for you to actually change your weapon mid hunt. So, yeah, it looks like a lot of cool stuff coming. I'm sure we'll see more trailers into 2024. But, yeah, Monster Hunter Wilds was the the first one, or, or kind of the number one for me, obviously, as a, as a big Monster Hunter fan. So, yeah. Agreed. Brandon? Yeah, no, I, I just want to echo what Dave said. It looks awesome. Um, and I'm assuming this is our this is our sequel to Worlds. Obviously, we're yep. not getting a Worlds right now. We're getting a Wilds. But yeah, really, really cool. And I love that they're going to be trans uh, transposing the mount system into this one because it seems so cool. Um, and the one I kind of missed out on. So, um, but another one of the standouts. Honestly, we Ben and I were so confused. We we watched the show at his house. Um, also, real, real quick. Do you remember what you said whenever Dave, whenever uh, the Monster Hunter Wilds trailer came on? I don't. I think you said something along the lines of, uh, oh man, where's Dave? He's probably gushing right now or something along those lines. <laughs> I was bricked up. I will, I will admit. <laughs> he was bricked. <laughs> I know Dave well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Marvel, uh, Marvel's Blade, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and, at at first, honestly, I thought it was Redfall DLC, and I was and I was shivering in my boots. I was yep. like, "They do not have the balls to put out Redfall DLC now, do they?" Um, and luckily, they don't. Luckily, they don't. Um, I remember watching Blade as a kid, um, and honestly, I was pretty young when I watched it. I was fucking terrified of that movie. Um, excellent movie, though overall, and uh, really glad to see. Um, a top tier studio, Arcane, finally working on something single player, which they stressed. When they were talking about this is a single player game, which is very important and very good um, for them to stress at this point after the kind of uh, falling flat on their face uh, last time. So, um, but yeah, this looks really cool. We didn't see too, too much. Obviously, it's just a little cinematic, but just the idea of it is super solid. Um, and I'm not going to let the vampire taste in my mouth kind of <laughs> ruin this experience, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. Uh, for me, one of the first ones that I want to talk about is the whole collection or the the remakes that Sega's doing. Dude, they Sega announced... wasn't wasn't that show, like a shotgun blast to the yeah. fucking TV screen? It, it really was, was. Just like like they uh, they announced they're doing new games or remasters. Or I, I haven't one hundred percent figured out what it is. I think it's new games uh, for Jet Set Radio, Golden Axe, Shinobi, Crazy Taxi, and Streets of Rage, and. When I saw this, I was like, "What is this an ad for like a collection that they're putting out? And then I realized it was going to be, you know, either reimagining or new games or whatever. And that's very exciting because all of these games, except for Golden Axe, I never played Golden Axe, but all of these games I played extensive amount of hours on uh, earlier in my life. And 
just really looking forward to bringing some of that goodness home. And then just the balls they had to be like, hey, here's five classic franchises we're bringing out new award or new games in um, and then say no more. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. I usually don't like that, but the fact that there was gameplay for all of them, the fact that there was like a little bit of screen time for each one, just, yeah, that one, that one got me pretty good. Dave, back to you. Uh, 2024 is going to be the year of the 2D side scroller. So uh, we get Prince of Persia fairly early next year. It's like in the second week of January. There was another game announced called uh, Tales of Kinzera Zao. Uh, and this was an EA Originals game. It was introduced by the voice actor who played Bayak from Assassin's Creed Origins. So, um, yeah, this game looked really cool. It uh, 2D side-scroller looked really stylish, had some great-looking graphics. Looks like it's got a cool story behind it. Um, and it's nice to see EA kind of funding these these smaller titles under their originals banner so yeah this is one that um i thought looked really really cool having just finished metroid dread like i'm kind of chomping at the bit to play more of these smaller kind of 2d side scrollers um so yeah, yeah tales of kenzera zao maybe maybe they could work on the name a little bit but i'm <laughs> sure i'll remember Please. it someday so yeah yeah brandon back to you i was just i don't I don't want to say I'm excited for this game, but I want to talk about this game. What about Sean Murray coming on stage? <laughs> that was my next one. Dude, <laughs> he comes up there, right? We all know what's going on. He's got a lot of goodwill right now. Yeah. You know, we've all we've all forgotten the game has gotten amazing. Perfect. He comes on stage and what is one of the first things he says? We're making a more ambitious game than No Man's Sky. And I thought to myself, if there was anything that maybe your legal department or somebody, if, if there was exact words that they could tell you to not say, I think it probably would have been exactly that. Yeah, his, because his media coaching did not do their job for sure. Dude, it's it, it was so... Like, I was in disbelief. I almost leaned back in my chair. Like, this guy's got to be fucking trolling, right? <laughs> I think you and I just um, looked at each other and we're like... Yeah, it's just like more ambitious? Are you fucking kidding me? Um, nonetheless, I mean, we could talk a little bit about this. Um, I do find it interesting and I feel like... Um, Light No Fire they, is the name of the new one, by the way. Light No Fire, correct. And instead of taking a million trillion planets um, that are all mostly empty and randomly generated, we're now taking that all and fitting it into one incredibly large planet, which I feel like was probably a better idea from the get-go. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to say I'm excited for this game because I'm not a complete moron, um, but it's very interesting what they're doing, and they have won a little bit of faith from me. Not a pre-order faith, but... I know that they're able to fix and make something good. They just have to make sure they don't release it too early. Mm -hmm. um, so this game looks interesting. And I was seeing side by sides on Twitter of like <laughs> the original No Man's Sky trailer and this today, which was kind of interesting. But yeah, I just I don't know what you guys thought about that, but I was fucking floored when he came on stage and was talking about that. Um, the gameplay looks fine. I guess we'll see. And I love the idea of hanging out with the boys, exploring a planet. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Uh, Annie in chat says, uh, how is no man's sky still winning awards 10 years later? <laughs> uh, great question. It is whose, whose pockets are they, they filling? I agree with that. And I think that it's funny because we always talk about how short gamers memories are, but 
Also, No Man's Sky. I mean, if if they're winning stuff for you know new expansions and continued successes in uh, developing, I think they have earned that. I mean, they really, really, really screwed up, really screwed up at the beginning. But good faith uh, making it making it right. I asked Brandon before. I'm like, why why are they still putting out all these free expansions? Is it to gain your trust for the next game so that you buy it? Absolutely, you know, trusting. It's got to be it, and frankly, it's it's working. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. He's uh, on that, stage. He's on stage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the new game, they, so they they did announce DLC, but the new game, um, Light No Fire, does look pretty cool. We'll see how it really is. I will not. I can guarantee you this: I will not be pre-ordering it or buying it on day one <laughs> yeah. after their track record, right? Just to make sure. Uh, the next thing for me is the finals. We have talked about this game a lot on the show. We played a lot of it in the betas and the alpha. Uh, and I told Brandon before the show, I said, hey, finals is getting announced and coming out tonight. And it oh, did. hell yeah. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I saw some stuff online. I didn't see anything definitive, but I saw some some guessing. And I was like, that makes sense based on what I've seen in their discord and whatnot. So I'm going to talk about the finals here in a couple of minutes um, when we talk about what we've been playing. But I was really excited. It's finally out great game runs super well and it's a lot of fun and hopefully many more people are going to discover it in the days to come i mean it's huge don't i'm not pretending like it's some hidden gem but it's definitely one that i think a lot of people who don't normally play multiplayer shooters are going to check out and enjoy in my opinion Let's go around one more time, and then we can just give some honorable mentions. Dave, one more thing from you. Um, Okay, I want to give a shout-out just to spite Kojima. Um, Kamuri. (laughs) Um, This was the game that was announced from uh, Akumi Nakamura. She was the the girl that became popular like two Game Awards ago because she was so bubbly. And and, and yeah, so she's got her own uh, studio now. That was the Bethesda show. Right, Bethesda, sorry. Um, yeah um, she's got her own development studio now called unseen uh and apparently this game kamuri does not have a developer or sorry a publisher so uh jeff Keeley showed it off at the show and all we got was a teaser trailer but it showed more than od and i think this deserves more of your attention than that pretentious bullshit so um <laughs> yeah so it looks really cool really stylish Damn. i i kind of got like jet set in in tokyo vibes from this game and i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing kind of where this progresses but yeah and he just said in the chat there it looks insane and and again just just being sort of a tease and no real gameplay we assume um i'm really Mm -hmm. excited to see what else unseen kind of pulls out for for kamari so yeah yeah absolutely uh it it, just getting the the fact that we get to see her uh present probably more now uh, as they reveal the game is is exciting. So, Brandon, last one for you, dude. Zenless Zone had some mad jiggle physics. I was peeping out during the game, <laughs> the game show. Just shout out to that. I yeah. mean, so Brandon's calling out the jiggle physics while he's sitting next to my children in the same room as them. Dude, they uh, don't just to put that out there. Dude, they don't know what was. You can see my hands. Brother. What were you thinking about when you were ten years old? You don't want to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> it didn't bother. It didn't bother I just got a little brain fog after that. Um, it's all good. 
the Mecha Break game looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Ben about it, and I feel like it's going to be hard to follow being the second act after uh, Fires of Rubicon, Armored Core. But the gameplay for it looked really cool. Uh, it looked it looked very bullet hell esque um, and very fast paced gameplay. So. Um, Depending on how it plays, like I said, it's going to be kind of hard because From's niche is making games that play really, really well. You don't have to like them, but they play amazing and they're pretty fair and consistent. Um, So I'll be interested to see more about this game kind of being reintroduced into this genre um, and to kind of see how that plays out. Because some of the battles look pretty cool. Um, So I don't know that there was too, too much, though, to be honest with you, boys. I do think The Last Sentinel was cool as well, but... Although I did think it was funny how it's like, they're like, hey, here's a badass. It's a girl. It's like, okay, we know. Like, that was, that would have been a big reveal 20 years ago. Right. Uh, ben, I, Ben, I gotta, I gotta see what you're thinking about Hellblade now, because I feel like you're a Hellblade guy. Were you glad they actually showed off something more than nothing? Yeah, I liked the first game a good bit. I only played it this year. And the second one, they had showed off basically nothing to this point. And I still kind of feel like they showed off nothing because it was just a fast-paced, gorgeous trailer. But it was just super fast-paced. Didn't really spend much time on anything specifically. So I'm excited for it. I really like the story elements of Hellblade. And I'm sure those are still going to be there. Um, The combat... I thought was fine for the type of game it was before. So it can't be worse. I would hope now, Uh, but we'll see for sure. Yeah. That, that was one that I was a little, I I was happy they showed more than they did at E3 or whatever it's called now, but I was a little disappointed that they didn't spend more time in nitty gritty, I guess. Um, I want to, for my last one, I want to shout down a game uh, and that is suicide squad, kill the justice league. It looks like absolute garbage. Um, And the trailer is all, you know, whatever, (laughs) but uh, there, there was an alpha or a beta recently. Um, we may or may not know things about that. Uh, but what I will tell you is the only thing I'm speaking from is seeing all of the hype up to this point and the trailer. And I can tell you, it does not look good. Um, so it's, it's not, I love DC and I love those style of games. I would think this game needs a game pass pickup or something for it to succeed or else it's not going to, it's not going to do well long term, in my opinion. Dude, if if the IP of a game is enough to propel you forward and that's like your driving factor, I feel like these games do great, just like Marvel, you know, Avengers. Marvel's but, Avengers looked better, looked better than this game looks to me at this point before it really. Damn. Yeah. I don't know about looking better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's rough waters, I think, ahead for that game. So. Yeah. Dave, you wanted to talk about Skull and Bones real quick. Uh, yeah, so Skull and Bones officially has a release date. This is a big moment in our lives, fellas. So we made it February 25th or something like that. Um, I have uh, um, uh, a resolution that I am going to fail. And this this resolution, the penalty for not um, completing it was to have to play Redfall. Um, I, I, would, I stand before the court today to uh, seek uh, an injunction on this um, this penalty. I would like to ask uh, that instead of playing Redfall, I will buy <laughs> and complete Skull and Bones. Uh, just so, just for, for some journalistic kind of integrity and, and you know, somebody needs to play it, right, boys? I, it's not going to be either of you. So I, I would like my, my punishment to be changed. I will spend money and, and get Skull and Bones day one and I will, I will play it. Um, Here's the you thing. You don't even... 
Can you don't even know what you're com- signing up for. Yeah, that's true. Can you complete Skull and Bones? <laughs> that's well, what I'm saying. Maybe it's, I mean, if I can't, then it's... no, no. I'm saying it's a live service game. Is it even possible? Well, it'll to have a campaign. It? Like, I mean, yeah. I guess maybe. What, what do you think? I don't know. Redfall seems like a worse punishment to me, and I feel like you deserve the worst <laughs> punishment. But you're not Especially, wrong about somebody on the show needing to play Skull and Bones. I say because I was slandered for Warzone. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say no just off the bat because the, the Discord shamed me for my loophole of Warzone. I'm going to say no. Okay. Ben could, Ben might be able to veto, though. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know I, his power. I was going to say yes, but I don't know that. I don't think we have veto power. I mean, I, I put the put the show together, but I'm not I'm not the king here. We're all equal. I don't know that I can out overrule you. So I think we kind of have a stalemate in good faith. I will allow this change. Oh, okay. And then, and then, hey, if you want to throw your boy a bone, that that can be up to you. <laughs> that can be up to the audience as You're well. saying so. you want to play Call of Duty. I'm saying that did. I'm throwing a bone, and I, I'm saying I'm throwing a bone, and whatever happens, happens. That, that, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is all I'm saying. Okay. Dave has to... Now, if this game does not have a finishable campaign, we need, we need to have a, a, a bylaw... Uh, or a resolution for how many hours he has to put into the game. Well, either that or then he just has to still play Redfall. I think punishment. 10 hours is no. reasonable. 10 yeah. hours? That's nothing for a game like this. I'm it's telling like you. six Call of Duty campaigns back to back. That's yeah. fair. Maybe this year's. Um, okay. 10 hours was your amount for Redfall. So I'm going to say if you're seeking this injunction, it has to be 15 okay. hours. Minimum. Okay, I'll take it. Unless the campaign is shorter than that. And another stipulation I'm going to put on it is that you have to buy the game full price day one. Okay, I'll pre-order it so I can oh, get paid access. My or goodness! Or early oh access. my goodness! Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> wow. All right. For those who have been following along at home over the last year or so, uh, Dave has failed. A re- he is failing a resolution, which his punishment for failing that resolution was to play Redfall. He ha- which he hates, by the way. He has uh, now had that resolution changed once again for the third or second time this year. And instead of having to play Redfall, inevitably, he will have to play a minimum of 15 hours of Skull and Bones, and he has to purchase it with his own hard-earned Canadian dollars and play it at release and spend at least 15 hours in it. The country of Singapore will, will thank me. Sounds fair. They're the only ones. They're the only ones, Dave. Dave, if it's good, I'm gonna be so mad at you. I will admit, I want to play the game, and I said this. I said yeah, this I in Discord. Yeah. I, I there's some part of me that wants to play this game. So. There's some part of me that wants to play it too, but it's the part that hates myself. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on to the end of the show here and talk about what we've been playing. By the way, if you haven't already and you're watching live, go ahead and smash that like button for me. Yes, I said smash because I am a YouTuber. That is what we do. Thanks. Dave, we'll kick it off with you first to talk about what you've been playing sure. this week. Um, as I mentioned at the end of the show last week, I, I picked up a GameCube. I, I started my retro gaming journey. It's it's You can see it in the background there. Uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Sorry, it it's is. right back there. I can't see anything. <laughs> I, I picked up two games with this GameCube, and one of them was Luigi's Mansion. I had never played Luigi's Mansion when I first got my GameCube, and I always kind of looked at the GameCube uh, in a funny way because one, I thought it was odd that it never launched 
with a Mario game. And two, uh, I kind of looked at Wind Waker initially the way that most people did, which is it's it's kind of a weird direction to go for Zelda. So um, this is my first experience with Luigi's Mansion, and I'm loving it. It's it's it plays more like a Zelda game than it does any uh, Mario game. Um, in that you know you're exploring a mansion. It's like one big dungeon in Zelda, which I think is is really really cool. Um, I did a bit of kind of background research on like the history of this game, and apparently it was initially developed with Mario as the main character, um, but it was replaced with Luigi because it wouldn't have been uh, believable or fitting for Mario to be like scared and sort of wimpy and stuff like that. So it's just so kind of endearing. Like you've got Luigi walking around the mansion and he's like nervously whistling the theme song to himself and he he falls over and stuff like that. And he's just kind of, I really like Luigi now. Um, so much so that when I went back to play Mario Wonder earlier this week, I switched to playing as Luigi. Um, but yeah, Luigi's Mansion is a lot of fun. I'm a little disappointed that the second game in the series is on uh, DS, and I don't have a DS, so I, I would have to miss that game. But um, I'm having a lot of fun with it and uh, looking forward to finishing it. Uh, the controls kind of suck, but again, I'm playing in in a 2001 kind of era game where you know controls still weren't great. Um, the other thing I played is, as I mentioned, I also got Tony Hawk's Underground with my GameCube, and uh, I think this was an important game to play for three minutes because it it really is is an important point in history that shows the downfall of the Tony Hawk franchise. This game blows uh, when you're playing the. Um, <laughs> the like tutorial the first opening mission one of the first things you do is get off of your skateboard and that's when i knew that like this is where the franchise really went in the wrong direction you have to get off of your skateboard and like awkwardly platform onto like a roof to like collect pieces of like a skateboard and like when you jump you have to hit a second button to grab onto something and i was just like why the fuck did they decide to do this stuff um but yeah, Tony Hawk's Underground. Don't buy it. Uh, you probably haven't because it came out like twenty years ago. But yeah, it's bad. Um, I feel like it's a like it's a cult classic. Like a lot of people like Underground, and I don't know why because I didn't care for no, it either. It's just it kind of went like this weird open world direction, and they and they threw in all like these these real skaters who like talk to you, and you have to pick up missions for them and stuff. And it's just I don't know. Put me in a small enclosed space with a bunch of really cool. Um, you know, skateboarding level design and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just, I, I'm not going to play any more of it. But again, I, 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 Luigi's Mansion is what I wanted. Underground was just a throw in. So it's okay. Dave, did you play the other Tony Hawk games? Any of the other? Yeah, Tony I Hawk think games? the first, th- Underground was the third one or the fourth one? Fourth or yeah. fifth? Yeah. So I, I definitely played yeah. the first two quite a bit. So I, I wonder. I'm thinking about now some of the people I know who like underground and I wonder if it was their first one and that's why they like it. And the reason that old heads like us didn't like it was because it was too much too different than the first two, two or three. So that's just a speculation. That's just me gatekeeping. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Unintentionally gatekeeping. Brandon. Yeah. I think we share a few games here as normal. So I will hop in. Yeah, absolutely. So the finals did come out as Ben said during the show. Um, what were we playing the other night? Maybe Fortnite? And I was like, God damn, I wish I was playing the finals right now. And uh, it's here. 
what a great way to be announced on one of the biggest stages in gaming. Uh, the finals is dropping right now. I love when this happens. So, um, played a couple rounds of that. Really, really enjoyed it. The battle passes out. Pretty interesting stuff in there. Got some new maps. Um, got a different mode, which was cool. Um, nothing groundbreaking that's been different that I've seen um, from when we played, but it didn't need to be. I was happy with the package I had then. So the new level is really cool. It's in Las Vegas and there's like slot machines everywhere and the heavy character can just fucking blitz through all these slot machines and all this non-collectible coins go everywhere and stuff. So super, super cool. Runs just as well as the beta did. Very surprising how good this game looks and how good it runs and how it's really tiny as far as file size goes. So bravo to them overall. Um, this game is amazing. Um, I enjoy playing it by myself, not quite as much as with the team, but it's still loads and loads of fun. I don't know what you thought, Ben, but just still as fun as it ever was, really. Yeah, I very much enjoy the finals. The The movement is fantastic. The destructibility creates some entirely wacky scenarios. Uh, the technical aspect of it, the fact that it's what, like 17 or 20 gigs, somewhere yeah, under 20 gigs. It's I'm crazy. Sure. And I know there's not that many different levels and everything um, make it crazy. But really just the fact that the movement is there. There's so there's three different characters you can play as with different play styles. And they each bring a little something different. And I can tell you this already. I'm going to be quickly outpacing this game. I feel like we're pretty decent now. But this is a game that Sweats will thrive in. And we're not even playing ranked. And sometimes we're doing fantastic. And other times we're just getting absolutely demolished at every turn. Just people who have way better strategies than we do. So I'm going to still play it. And I'm going to try to play as much as I can before uh, the metas are created that I can't keep up with because I'm an old man. But I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I wish them much success. I mean, it's Nexon. They have much success. But with this game... There's people who have been playing this game who do not normally play multiplayer shooters or anything like that. So it's been a lot of fun getting in there. Um, I did buy the Battle Pass because I wanted to. One of the things I don't like about the game is that anytime you want a cosmetic, if it's not in the Battle Pass, you can't use the currency you make in-game to buy it. It's all real money, which, hey, it's a free-to-play game. You have to expect those kind of things. I get it. But I do wish that if I'm grinding away that I could be able to afford to look different than just the the random NPC character that they put you in as. But uh, other than that, I like that you can earn money to unlock guns. I like that there's a cap to the money that you or to unlock guns and accessories and different types of weapons um, and abilities. I like the fact that they cap how much you can earn at 3000 and most of the things cost like 800 so that once you get the 3000, you have to unlock something new. Um, because otherwise, I feel like people just get stuck um, in the same characters and don't ever think about trying anything new. So I really like that aspect of it. It has caused me to want to experiment with some stuff. Like I was at like 2800 and I was like, well, if I don't buy something now, I'm just going to be losing in-game currency that I could be right. spending on something. So I like that aspect of it for sure. But yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And uh, not looking forward to the day when I'm totally and completely outclassed. Yeah, it will come what I what I will say, though, Ben, as well, is that the free stuff in the Battle Pass actually is not... They're pretty generous. Yeah, they There's are. a couple yeah. cool weapon skins um, and some some stuff for your character. So it's not completely right. pay-to-win pay cosmetically, I suppose. Right. But um, 
Yeah, that and uh, honestly, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we've been talking about it for weeks and weeks. I'm only going to talk about the new stuff. Um, since we talked last, Lego came out for Fortnite. Rock Band came out for Fortnite. That's just what I'm going to call it because that's what it is. And um, Rocket League Racing came out for Fortnite. And that's been a pretty interesting experience. I'm going to glaze over two of them pretty quickly. The uh, Rocket uh, the Rocket League one is interesting ultimately not something i'm going to play very often it is really a full-fledged mode and they have um, confirmed that all of these modes are permanent Mm -hmm. um, entries into the into the fortnite lore um but the same with the the same with the rock band one um it's not going to be something i try often when cool songs come in maybe i'll pop in for a song or two um but you know i'm seeing tons of people buy shit and you know the nine yards which it's fortnite that's kind of how it goes but Something that does interest me a little bit about that is Harmonix and Fortnite have confirmed that they are trying to implement a system to allow you to use your old peripherals, which would be really interesting. I don't know how they would do that. Um, And I also got a text from Dustin today saying there's some sort of new guitar coming out for a third party company, which is really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. So good things are coming as far as that goes. I feel like this is just the beginning and they have good bones, but not something that I'm going to play long term unless there's more updates. Um, And lastly, the Lego stuff. The Lego stuff is actually really cool. Um, I'm not like a huge Lego guy. I like Legos. I like building them occasionally. I have a couple sets, but I'm not like I feel like when people like Legos, they fucking love Legos. And that wasn't really what drew me in. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's literally just like Minecraft, you know? And it's super fun to be able to play with 80 of your friends and kind of build an experience. And Ben and I both love these crafting games, these survival crafting games. And it just kind of fell into a nice niche. And I feel like they did a really good job, um, you know, kind of coming out with, with a competitor to Fortnite. So, or Minecraft. <laughs> Yeah, I've really enjoyed it as well. And of course, the timing as usual hits when the train comes, but that's okay. God, <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> it doesn't feel that loud it's, it's until I'm recording them. Like, it's so loud for us. No, I know. Yeah, it's okay. It's loud to me. Okay. It's charming. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit more about the other modes as well. Um, the rock band mode sucks. Uh, I'll just say it. It's not the same playing on your keyboard with DF, HJ, K, whatever the configuration is. It's not the same not being in the same room. It's not the same when you're playing the drums and you're not playing on the drums and you're playing the guitar and you're not playing on the guitar and you're you're playing with some other friends who you can't see and you can't hear and you can't see what they're doing. Um, I love the fact that Harmonix is still working on this type of thing. And I think that's really cool because when they bought them, we were all like, what are they going to do? And so they're, they're carrying on that legacy. I like that a lot but I don't like the fact that the game mode just isn't that much fun to me. Like Brandon said, I'll pop in here and there, but it's not where I'm going to spend most of my time. I have been playing a lot of the rocket racing and I've actually done something I don't normally do with anything is dipped into the ranked. Uh, I actually did it one night because I was uh, getting frustrated that I was destroying everyone in the casual play. Like I was beating people by 15, 20 seconds, every match children. And I was just like, I, this is boring. So I jumped into ranked and now I'm getting some competition. I'm in silver one or silver three, whatever's the higher one of those. I don't remember which one's higher. And uh, I'm, I'm starting to like get a little frustrated that I'm not winning more often. So that's the good, the good side. I don't know if this is a eternal game mode for me by any means, but it was something new to try. And uh, I seem to be decent at it. Not, I wouldn't say good, 
but I can compete, I guess is what I'll say. I'm doing better than Dave's doing in Gran Turismo challenges. That's one. That's what I'll say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I saw a middle finger there, I think. Not sure. Um, the other thing is the, is the Lego Fortnite. I have spent a fair amount of time in there or Fortnite Lego, whatever. And I really enjoy survival crafting games like Brandon mentioned. And I have been sucked in completely. I said before, when it got announced, before it actually came <laughs> out, I said something along the lines of I'm in danger. And uh, that's true. I've spent a lot of time in there and mostly just exploring and trying to find new ways to build things. And I haven't even really, like last night, Brandon, you weren't around, but I started messing around trying to build a monorail in there. Uh, oh, no sure. parts, and I was like, I'm going to figure this out. And I know that other people have probably already figured that stuff out, but I don't like Unless I get stuck on something, I don't really like to like go and watch other videos and see things. I like to just figure stuff out for myself in these games. So it's really fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It is great, like you said, to be able to jump in with more of your friends than normal in a in a game. You know, it can it can have eight people in a world in Fortnite Lego, and um, that's a lot of fun. Um, Annie in chat says, "I think you should try Seven Days to Die." Um, I have tried Seven Days to Die. I did not love it, but I was I've been told that I didn't play it right. So. I'll have to um, have to check that out, Brandon. Maybe we could we could check that out with Davey sometime. Dude, I would love to try that out. Yeah, I've I've seen good things. Yeah. Um, Ed asked Ben, "Have you played Amplitude or Rock Band Unplugged or Blitz?" I have not played any of those. I've played all the Guitar Heroes, uh, all the Rock Bands, and enjoyed them, um, but I have not played any of the other any of the other ones. I said all the Rock Bands, and of course, uh, he said Rock Band Unplugged. So I haven't played that. But um, as far as regular Fortnite, we've actually spent less time in regular Fortnite than, you know, in Battle Royale than we have <laughs> yeah, in the literally. past. But yeah. um, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm still trying to get the weapons down and figure out what I like. And of course, as soon as I do, they always change them. But um, I like the, the way that the maps work a little differently now. I like the fact that, uh, the, oh, sorry, the circles, like they're not as predictable. They're going to move on you and go outside of zones and everything. So having fun in there, but honestly, I've just been so consumed with thinking about Lego Fortnite when I'm playing Fortnite that I haven't spent a lot of time in the, uh, the old battle Royale, I suppose you could say. So been having a good time. Uh, Brandon continue. But lastly, um, I've been playing a lot of lethal company and I know we talked about it briefly last week. I don't remember how much of it we had played last week, but since then I played about 20 hours. Um, and man, this game is fucking awesome. Um, we even dipped our toes into a little bit last night into some mods, which were really cool. We did more company, which allows you to play with up to like 40 people mm -hmm. instead of four in a match, which is just, if you know anything about the game, 40 people in a level would be pure chaos, but probably in the best kind of way. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, this game is just so cool, man. And it, and it provides such interesting and funny moments socially. I think that's like the shine of this game is the social aspect, um, kind of like a game like Among Us. And obviously those social aspects, you know, they're probably best had with friends. But recently I've been playing with randos too. And I got to say, I, you know, I made some Steam friends. I made some Discord friends. And even with randos, I did manage to have a really interesting and fun time. So would highly recommend. I think we recommended highly last week as well. But after having sunk my teeth into it more, um, yeah, I just can't talk highly enough about this game. Super, super funny and just fun. It's just pure, pure fun. Um, and 
I would love to see them continue to develop this game. I know it's a one-person studio, but they've even put more content in, um, you know, as we've been playing. I think since we talked last week, they put an update that added, um, you know, Christmas theme. It added a nutcracker with a shotgun. It added, like, a mimic mask, which is fucking terrifying. (laughs) Dude, so... I'm playing with randos, right? And there's this dude that's walking in front of me with scrap. We're going back to the ship and I see him like I round a corner and I see this dude drop everything at once. And I'm like, hey, you know, talking to him over the mic. Hey, what's going on? Why did you drop your shit? I think maybe there's a monster or something. He doesn't respond. Okay. And so I'm walking up on him and he's standing still looking at me and I'm like, hello. And I realized that he has the fucking mimic mask on. And then as soon as I turn away to run away, this thing grabs me by the face and like essentially jump scares you. It's so fucking terrifying because it looks exactly like your teammate. And it was just such a brain fuck moment because I'm like trying to talk to this guy and it's not this guy anymore. This guy's dead as fuck. Um, <laughs> but e- e- even cool things like that. It, this game really is amazing. And I, I think at some point, if content doesn't roll out a bunch um as time goes on i feel like it could get a little bit stale with some of the interiors um but what this game will not become stale with is just the pure social interactions that just happen completely differently every time so yeah really really looking forward to playing this game more this week so but that's it that's it for me yeah i've I've also been playing lethal company and dave we got to get you in there i'm positive your your computer could run it um i the thing i love most about this game i mean there's there's so much to love about the actual game. I love the fact that it's a single developer and they are very clearly ridiculously wealthy now uh, because of how well this game is done. Yeah. And, you know, you could say what you want about Eat the Rich, but just a, a one dude making a product and making a ton of money, just that's awesome to me. I don't know. Uh, I'd like, to, I'd like to, to have inside jokes myself someday. But... um the social aspect that Brandon mentioned is a lot of fun. Seeing the way different friends react in different situations is fun. <laughs> uh, watching someone be very confident that they're going to make a jump over a chasm and then just plummet to their death. And then you can't hear them anymore. The thing that I should say about this game, if you don't know, is you're not supposed to play it in Discord or anything. You're supposed to play it with in-game sound. And so if you're too far away from somebody, you can't hear them anymore. If somebody dies, you can't hear them anymore. If you die, you can't communicate. And just watching someone like fall over a cliff and hearing them go, ah, shit. And then they're just gone. They're just, they're just gone forever. Dude. Uh, is some of the most fun I've ever had. Ben, Ben, literally, let me let me tell one more story. So Ben walks into this room. It's it's across like you have to jump across a chasm and then you have to jump again. And it's difficult. Like I fall down many times, but Ben jumps across and I'm dead. So I'm watching our buddies Justin's screen and he's watching Ben from the other side go into this room and Ben comes back out with like a thing on his face, a monster on his face. And for a couple minutes before the monster kills you, it's like, it's like, like you can still hear them. And Ben walks out to go back towards the bridge with this thing on his face clearly going to die and there's a turret down this hallway that instantly targets Ben when this monster on his face and just fucking annihilates him and watching this all from Justin's screen it's just yeah. if you know nothing about the game it's it might sound very confusing but watch a couple funny videos on YouTube and maybe you'll think twice because yeah this game is truly a treat and offers some very interesting um, and funny experiences for sure yeah. If you're in the Discord and you have a uh, lethal company or want to pick it up, it's only 10 bucks. 
Uh, maybe we could do a game night sometime and that would be uh, awesome. a bunch of people together. More company, like, dude. Yeah, absolutely. There's a mod that we'll walk you through. It's really even Brandon figured it out in like I 10 did. minutes. So I did. It's a good time. And uh, I think Brandon's right that it could get stale as far as content. But I think that the social interactions and playing games with your friends and watching them, you know, freak out or get scared um, never gets old. In my opinion. So <laughs> maybe the game will get old, but the, that stuff, you're not going to feel the fatigue from that. Sure. And that's it for us and what we've been playing and for the show in general. A little longer tonight than normal, but we give you extra content. So you should go over and support us on Patreon dot com slash hands of phantom for as little as a dollar a month we appreciate your support there and again hop in the discord hands of phantom.com slash discord we appreciate you for being there for hanging out with us uh let us know if you uh have lethal company and you want to play in a game night or something we could do that let us know in the discord or even in the comments here on youtube i'm going to tell you to go to the discord eventually anyway but let us know we'll be back next wednesday the 20th at 7 p.m eastern time same place, same bat time, all that good stuff live. Uh, we'll stick around for just a few minutes to figure out the title, but for everybody else, have a great night. The HP Podcast is sponsored by our proud patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. The following members are at the $5 level, and we appreciate their contribution. Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Grabalicious, Benji Bop, and Link.